come to Valfish Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English language Valfish Stuttgart podcast where our views are unofficial, uninformed, and usually unconscionable. See that, Oz? I changed up our byline there. This is episode 24 in Austin. I wanted to play some music to help get the mood started. Here we go. Yep. Uh. It's Simon and Garfunkel, Sound of Silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> because here we are again. I don't like it. I don't like the change up. I don't like the music. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't like where this is headed. I don't like the music. I don't like this either. Nobody <laughs> wants to be here. This been, it's already a terrible start. All right, joining me today is Austin. Austin is the president, the CEO, the member of the Ukiah SC Freiburg Society. You can reach him at U underscore SCF underscore society. Austin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. We just came off the international break, which is great. So I could concentrate on the 17 other teams that I follow. So I, I got to give them a little attention. I, unfortunately, I'm done with football again. Uh, <laughs> my Saints got screwed over by the refs, and you know, which you know just solidifies my my love affair with the referees in any sport, really. So yeah, I'm doing good. Well, join me because uh, my Cleveland Browns put on a pretty powerful display <laughs> uh, this weekend. They scored the first touchdown, and I turned the game off, so I assume they won seven to nothing. Is what I I think. Or lost 45 to 7. So whatever the case may be. But yeah, the international break, I was able to watch Germany play a couple of times and they took down that mighty football nation Liechtenstein. So that was pretty close. I mean, yes. If yes, it was a game that was played. <laughs> so yeah, international break is over and we've got uh Bundesliga to come back up this weekend. So we figured we do our podcast since we forgot about it and get back on the schedule. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's get into part one, the review of the match last week. Oy vey. All right, not much we're going to talk about here. The backstory was 13th place versus 17th place, a team with two wins versus a team with zero wins. Uh, Stuttgart needed the win to kind of bounce back from that big Augsburg loss. Armenia Bielefeld needed the win to get a win and to you know kind of get off the floor of the Bundesliga. Um, for Stuttgart, uh, Karazor was in, Mola was in, Nardi was in, um, Massimo was in. Uh, when you add it all up, there was only one offensive player, Danielle Dadavi, who was actually in the game. Um, mm-hmm. That's not great. <laughs> I don't know. Did you have any thoughts going into this one? Usually you have zero thoughts. Did you have at least one? Um. My thought was going into this one is you had to come out with something. And it, so if I had to put one word on the game, the one word I would use would be frustration. It, it was just a frustrating game to watch. Yeah. Do you know what the word I'm going to put out? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sing it, Simon. Sounds <laughs> of silence. Yeah, I I expected a point out of this one. I mean, I know we are struggling, and I know I mentioned in the last podcast that 
shooter. I was worried about Bielefeld because they play very compact. They play very direct. They, um, they win a lot of duels. They seem like a pretty strong team. And that was a team I was worried about. But I thought, listen, we've got talent. Even though we're injured, we should at least get a point at home in this match. And uh, no, no dice. Um, I will say this, you know, as much as the lineup kind of worried me and I was like, oh man, we are hunkering down. The first 20 minutes looked pretty good. Uh, the first half, I thought the first four chances were going Stuttgart's way. And I was feeling pretty optimistic the first 15, 20 minutes of that match. And um, that all fell apart in the 19th minute, minute when Bill Feld scored kind of out of nothing. And really sure I was chasing the game the rest, the, the rest of the way. Yeah, Stuttgart's becoming one of these teams in the league that if they get down a goal or two goals, you're you're just you're you're trying to find something else to do. It, it they don't again. You mentioned it earlier about Gaddafi being the only offensive player, and uh, to piggyback on that a little bit, maybe ask you a question. Is I just read uh, this early this morning that Marmouche is out for a period of time and the sporting director says he doesn't know when he's coming back, hmm. but you know, it was just, yeah, you just sat there and you're just, you're just like this team doesn't have what it had last year to where you thought that if they get down a goal or two goals, you, you think they're going to come back at some point and make this a game. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there in that question. I think the one thing you can't fault this team for is fight. Over the course of the season, even down mm -hmm. a man in a couple of games, they would come back and they would get some points by scoring right. some late goals. So they always showed a lot of fight. They always showed a lot of heart. They never gave up. The Augsburg match last time was the first match we were like, hmm, I think they actually might have might have given up. This match was the first match where I think a lot of people were questioning exactly what we were trying to do going into it. I saw some stuff online about um, this reminded them of a, a Hugh Stevens lineup. And if you don't know who the great Hugh is, uh, he's a very defensive coach who helped a number of teams get out of relegation. He just plays super defensive football. And this was a really defensive lineup. I know you could argue that uh, Massimo was a, kind of an offensive player, but it was a really defensive lineup. Um, whether it was Massimo or Denavi up front, there just wasn't a lot there. Uh, well, I saw, I saw online somebody uh, criticizing the use of Sosa that so I mean I mean he granted he had he had a right or he had some credibility to to claim that Sosa wasn't being used like he usually is yeah I, I, I read that so if you didn't watch the match and I can understand why you wouldn't have <laughs> uh, Sosa who is one of the better left backs offensively at least and is known for his crosses he had a great cross actually that led to the Croatia goal that helped get them into the World Cup this weekend um Granted, it was an old goal, but he still put it in there. Played on the right. And the idea, Adorazzo said, was to kind of shake things up a little bit, that there was nobody to cross the ball to anyway. Because uh, al Gadoui was sick, so they didn't have a striker to put in anyway. So the thought was, maybe we can uh, do something a little bit different. And in the first half, it actually, Adorazzo said, I agree, it worked. And then in the second half, it just kind of deteriorated a mm -hmm. bit as uh, Bielefeld became more compact. And really, after the, the halftime whistle was just, content with that goal and willing to sit back as Stewart tried to go at him. Um, to your question, I didn't criticize Sosa being in there on the right. I understand trying something new. I think the lineup is questionable. 
I'm sure the response would be, well, who else is he going to put in there? This team is mm -hmm. so banged up. There's so many injuries. Um, you, you, you're not just banged up on the offense now, you're banged up on the defense as well. I mean, you had Clinton Mola and uh, Hikori Ito as two of your starting center backs. Mm -hmm. Mola, it was his first start. Ito, it's his first season in the Bundesliga. They're just hurt, man. And, and I'll say this, they don't have a Bundesliga quality lineup right now. I think that's the most critical statement I'll make. Um, I, I kind of understand what Monterey is trying to do. I understand he doesn't have a full deck of cards. The cards that he has, this just isn't a Bundesliga quality lineup, I think. Um, Ito, Mola, uh, Karazor, um, Massimo, I, I, I like some of those guys. I just don't think they're guys that are starting on a lot of other clubs right now. And even if they are, they're more defensive type players. And um, you, yeah. saw that, you saw that in the second half too, as the second half started, he made some subs. Um, Mangala went out, uh, Moloch went out, Klimowitz came in, Fier came in, uh, Kulabali came in, uh, Clement came in. Clement hasn't seen the pitch in forever. I mean, they're desperate for that. Um, it got so desperate that they put in a new player, Matej Magika, who I'm sure I'm saying that 100% right, who's 6'4", <laughs> just to have somebody to target, which it wouldn't be so bad, except he's a defender. He's a center back on the regional team. So I don't know how critical you can be. Um, well, there's there's a guy that I listened to uh, in the NBA and, and actually for my, my team. And whenever somebody comes in with a comment of, hey, you got to take this guy off the court, his response every time is, okay, great. Who are you putting in? Yep. And, and like you're saying, Stuttgart just doesn't have what it seems like any quality players of Bundesliga quality, I should say, to to replace the the people that you're probably upset that aren't performing at the you know level that you think they should be. No, you simply to that point, you can't replace uh, Sasha Kalajic. He's, mm -hmm. he's a player valued near thirty million dollars. You can't replace Silas. He's a player valued near thirty million dollars. Um, mm -hmm. There's just guys you can't even Marmouche and Furich who aren't thirty million dollar players. Um, they both bring speed and pace and it's, you know, it's hard to replace that. They've got Bundesliga quality speed. At least mm -hmm. it's like the wide receiver in the NFL. You can at least send them out deep and, and, and the defense has to try to cover him. So we just don't have that. Um, I guess the one thing that I would question is going against a team like Bielefeld, who has been so defensive and been so lacking in offense, going completely defensive I don't know. That seemed to be a bit of a way out. Um, That's a fair point. Seemed to be a little bit of a of a cop out, I guess. Uh, going strictly defense against a team like that, I think that's worthy of some some questioning and some criticism. Um, but then on the flip side, you could say, listen, uh, the first 15 minutes of this game, it was surely great, and the plan was working, and then long ball. Nice goal, and then it's down. And then let's be honest, the last 20 minutes of this match, it was all Bielefeld versus the crossbar. It was, all, <laughs> I mean, Stuttgart was not making any noise. Uh, Bielefeld was just pummeling the crossbar, the goalposts, 71st minute, 83rd minute, 86th minute, 95th minute. It was just, it was just bad. 
Um, there just wasn't any anything there to to kind of hang your hat on a little bit. So I don't want to spend too much time on this match. I think we spent too much time on it already, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, the best thing about it is it was over. And usually I'm not a big fan of the international break, but the international break in this one came at the right time because this team needs to rest up, it needs to heal up, and it needs to get its confidence up a little bit as well. All right, uh, so that's a review of the match. Why don't we move on to part two, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome back after that uh, long commercial break. Austin's <laughs> power went out right when we went to good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, so, Oz, good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. What do you got? Give me some good. A good? Don't, my act, good. Like, don't act like you can't find one. <laughs> no, my, my good is, um, again, the, the fact that this game was a 1-0 result is is my good i mean unfortunately you know you guys took the loss but man this game like you were just saying about the crossbar this game could have got a lot worse you know it's kind of interesting you say that because i'm i'm hoping it doesn't come down to this by the end of the season but if goal difference becomes the difference and mm -hmm. us staying up versus going down you might be right there and we might have to give the goalpost an MVP award. My good is no injuries. <laughs> For the first time in a long time, no player was carted off or walked off the field. So that well, is the goalpost might have been bruised. But oh God, you're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad for me is no offense, no bueno. It's uh, listen. I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago. We haven't scored more than one goal in a long time since the Hoffenheim match, which has been a while ago. And that trend is, or has continued. I mean, even, over, even over the international break, we played a team and only scored one goal. So um, the bad, it's pretty simple to pick up. No offense, um, playing with one legit offensive player, maybe that's not too surprising, but yeah, the bad, the offensive problems for this team, they just continue. Yeah, my bad was uh, the communication on the passing, there were several passes I saw during this game where you could see they were passing it into an area or, and there was just nobody there. And you're just going, what are they doing? And it, so my bad was the, again, this goes back to uh, me talking about the frustration of the game is that you're, you're seeing what they want to do, but nobody's executing it. Yeah it, goes back to what you said, yeah, it goes back to what you said a couple podcasts ago. It's hard to execute when you've got new guys in all the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what they try to do is they try to build out of the back as opposed to playing long ball. And to do that, you need some kind of pre precision passing and precision communication. And that's one of the knocks is losing Gregor Cobell, who was a very good communicator last year. And I think losing Gonzalo Castro, or not losing him, but not re-signing him, um, to maybe a club friendly deal, or maybe he wasn't willing to do it, whatever the case, losing those two guys, vocal leadership and quiet leadership is yikes. Mm -hmm. Added with all the injuries is really hurt. The ugly for me is uh, it's not just this game, but it's their performance against teams that 
eye level, you would say. Uh, against Furt, they won big, but against Bochum, it was a draw. Against Augsburg, it was a big loss. Against Bielefeld, it was a big loss. I mean, those are three of the four. Those are four teams you got to beat. And those are four teams you got to get at least points against. I know it's a Bundesliga, and I know every year it's there's always teams that surprise. There's no tough, uh, there's no easy wins. But if you're going to be one of the teams that is left standing at the end of the year, you got to take care of your business against those clubs. And the ugly part is Stuttgart simply isn't doing it right now. And for me, that's the ugly. Yeah, my ugly, it kind of piggybacking on what my good was, is you didn't allow more goals. And again, like you're saying, if it comes down to goal differential, I still think this team is going to bounce back and be mid-table around there. I mean, especially after uh, dropping these six points, I thought maybe you guys would, you know, fight for a Europa Conference. But after these last two games, I don't see that. Mm -hmm. But I still think you could get around mid-table. Um, but, yeah, my uh, goal differential is the fact that you th – that the goal differential could have been a lot worse. And I think you got away from an ugly in this one. Mm -hmm. And – my question to you real quick is if Silas comes back and, and Sasha comes back and you get a healthy squad and these are the results you're getting, do you think Matarazzo last, is he, is he managing this team next year? Well, Miss Lintot said that promotion, I shouldn't say promotion, relegation or staying, uh, he's the coach, he's the manager, and that's just the way it is. And so you got the dreaded vote of confidence way before these, these struggles started. And I did raise a few eyebrows and some people were surprised by that, but I hope so. I mean, I have a hard time believing that if you get Silas and Sasha back, you're going to continue to have these struggles. I just, I just think they're struggling more than we believe they would have, but I don't think anybody believed they would have struggled to put out a healthy lineup like this and mm -hmm. it is an excuse but it's also an explanation both can be true at the same time I think we all felt they were good enough to get points against Bielefeld and Augsburg though and that's yeah. the ugliest part about this is even with this depleted roster you thought okay they should at least get two to four points between those two teams right and if right. you do I mean the table's crazy they're in 15th place with 10 points two points I mean, let's put it this way. Ninth place has 15 points, 15 points. So it's not devastating. Mm -hmm. It's just rough. And right. So do you think, do you think this is more telling of your youth squads? No, I don't think so. I mean, you're asking some really great questions. Um, I don't think it's telling, I mean, you're playing a lot of young guys. Um, so that's good. And some of these guys like Roberto Massimo or, Mateo Klimowitz are guys that we have high hopes for. Um, Wahid Fahir is playing. Um, it just takes time to develop. And that's going to lead into one of the things I'll talk about later in the, the part five of the news. About, we have this player from Australia um, who's tearing up the regional league. And there's some talk about moving him up to the, the, the big leagues. But that's probably not a great idea. Uh, and, and I'll get to that in a bit. But you got to give these guys time to develop. And sometimes by moving it, kids up too soon they struggle and I think that's what we see a little bit here is some of these kids are struggling under the with the weight of the pressure um under the weight of, of of the talent and we're just not seeing the results that we thought we had but again we're not seeing the roster that we thought we had but let's use that as a segue I'll ask to move into part three the questions and 
Once again, Joe, you can contact him at blue T underscore has, has asked another great question. He asks, let's, let's get our mind off some of the, off the bad news. Awesome. Let's talk about some good news here. Uh, who is your favorite current player at Valkyrie Stuttgart? The, man, if somebody has to ask me that question, they do not listen to the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to leave this up to you because my answer is obvious. I know it's a Danielle Dadavi or any ex Freiburg player love fest. Um, my favorite current player. So Joe says his is Roberto Massimo. <clears throat> Pardon me. I'm going to, I'm a guy who likes very defined roles. I like players playing the position that it says they play. I'm not very imaginative or creative. So I, I struggle with midfielders because I don't exactly know what they do, and that's not their fault. That's my fault. I'm going to, just stick to the current healthy players on the roster as of our last match. And this is even a stretch because he wasn't super healthy. To me, my favorite current player is Dino Mavropanos. Um, of the players that are on the roster, he is just a role. Most sexy. I would say, I mean, I'm comfortable <laughs> not saying that, obviously. obviously. Uh, he's got, he's amazing as a defender. He's scary on offense he's six foot four he defends the penalty box fantastically you know you could saw what happened with him out of the match last couple matches he's i think he's one of my favorite current players again i love that he's a center back i love that he has a very defined role and i love that he's just rocking it back there hopefully he can get back get back healthy um i'll be honest the, the one who is probably easiest for me to say would be uh, sasha kalajic I mean, he's probably my favorite player. I love that he's a striker. I love that he scores goals. He gives great interviews. Uh, he's a hard guy to not put on your list. The next question that Bluey Haas asks, or Joe asks, I should say, is who is your favorite Valpy player of all time? Of all time. Do you have any thoughts on this? Again, obvious. <laughs> all right. You know what? I, again, I'm going back to my favorite. Now, I have maybe one of the only people in the United States, if not the world, that has a Georg Niedermeyer jersey uh, mm -hmm. center back for Stuttgart during the early 2010s uh, but I would probably go with a player you actually got me a jersey for one time but I exchanged it because it was uh, quality control didn't come in 100% uh, clean uh, Daniel Ginchek um, always injured um, but he's a bull in a china shop scored some great goals I love strikers I love old school strikers so Daniel Ginchek Probably one of my favorites of all time. I will say this. I loved when Mario Gomez came back and helped the team um, survive uh, relegation or survive one season when it looked like they were going to get relegated and then came back and struggled when they were in the second Bundesliga. Um, Mario Gomez is a tough player not to love. But Daniel Ginchak, probably one of my all-time favorite players. You know, I'm going to kind of just put this in my, my fandom, which is, you know, starting around 2014 and 15. And then he asks, the third question is, who is the best player to have played it for Val Fee in the last 30 years? And he's says Philip Lom is probably one of his. Here is where I'm going to show a little bit of my expertise. There's been a ton of players <laughs> that have gone through, uh, gone through the team. Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann is probably one of the more famous ones, you know, because he coached the U.S. national team. Um, Philip Lom, Guido Buchwald. Uh, you've got uh, Sammy Kadira, uh, Bovich, uh, Mario Gomez. Um, so many players like that. I would probably say Mario Gomez. It, 
I know Jurgen Klinsmann scored a lot of great goals. I never watched him when he was playing. I was able to watch Mario Gomez a little bit. Um, he was one of the best players in Europe, scored tons of goals. If you look him up online, uh, he's like a video game. When he was in his prime, he was something special. One all over the place. Um, I'll go with Mario Gomez. But great questions here. I love the uh, – yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love I love these questions. I love uh, to focus on a little bit of positivity here because there's been some fantastic players who have gone through this uh, program over the years. All right, Austin, let's go on to part four, Random Thoughts with Jeff. With Jeff. All right, welcome to part four of this episode's podcast, which is really becoming one of our favorite parts. I'm sure it's one of yours too. It is Random Thoughts with Jeff with Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's actually, it's my favorite part of the podcast because it has turned into my only part now. <laughs> well, in, in our defense, do you actually ever listen to the podcast? Uh, no, it's been since uh, probably last year, I think, the last time I listened to the podcast. <laughs> well, you're, um, probably, you're probably one of the lucky ones then. Well, you know, the name, though, I might start jumping back on board because the name, Random Thoughts with Jeff, with Jeff, it's, it's, it's creative. It's mm -hmm. catchy. A lot of thought went into it. <laughs> I think it was a mistake. And I love it, though. It is. RTWJWJ is what we call it around here. <laughs> All right, Jeff. So just like last week, I'm going to throw some random words, phrases, or ideas at you, and let's get your thoughts on them. You ready? Let's do it. All right. First one is Modest. Oh, that guy's a killer. Modest. <laughs> I mean, second, second in the Bundesliga and, and goal scored. Second. Where did he come? And you know what, though? He looks like he looks like he's lost about 15 pounds. Yep. The guy does a little bit more than just cherry pick. I mean, not much more, but a little <laughs> bit more than cherry pick. He hustles after balls. He's still crazy slow. But he know. moves around more. He's, uh, he, you know, he's got personality. He's scoring goals. You know, he's got us, you know, mid, lower, lower, mid table, but I can take that right now. But I don't think anybody, anybody, maybe outside of Hadesh saw this happen. <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous. I don't think gorgeous he, I don't think he did either. I mean, he, uh, I don't know. He's moving like he was moving years ago. He's scoring like he was scoring years ago. And uh, Austin and I, last week's podcast, you know, one of the questions was, you know, would Stuttgart purchase anybody over the winter break? And so I was looking up different players and their worth and all that stuff. And, you know, he's an older guy. I think he was only worth maybe 4 million, maybe 4.5 million euro. But boy, oh boy, is he, uh, every cent of that is paying off right now for you guys. Oh, we're going to sell him. No, no question. We're going to sell him. <laughs> all right. Next one is 15th place. Go. Stuttgart? <laughs> maybe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know what, though? They blew it for, I'm sorry. I know this is a Stuttgart podcast, but they blew it for the entire. I mean, they blew it for everybody down there. They blew it for uh, um, you know Volcom and Hennis and mm -hmm. Augsburg. Mm -hmm. um, everybody except Belfield, really. Yeah. Blew it for <laughs> but you know what? Though I, I, I keep saying it's not going to last. You know, this is aberration. You know, aberration. They've they're a talented team, but man, those injuries they've had. I think have just really done more than I thought they would. And they, you know, 15th place this point of season, I mean, I know it's kind of your nature to start preaching relegation talk and mm, um, yeah, I can't wait for the next 
21 weeks of relegation talk, but <laughs> um, no, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. It's a little bit scary that Frankfurt is still one of the teams that's down there because you got to think that they're going to come back up eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. had a nice win. Berlin's playing a little bit better, so it, it's a little bit. It's it's kind of scary territory if you're if you're Stuttgart right now to be down there. You got to win games like that. So. Yeah, that's yeah. With all the injuries, it makes sense that they're struggling, but I. Really thought the last two matches they would get some points out of Augsburg and Bielefeld, but alas, not to be. All right, next one: Rotwein or Weisswein? Oh, Rotwein. <laughs> you know what? Which I don't think the northern, at least Cologne, at least doesn't even carry Rotwein. Um, <laughs> not during our trip, no. Hundred percent Rotwein, unless unless it's between Weisswein. And Jägermeister, then you gotta go vice <laughs> But yeah. outside of that, it's that's it's it's gonna be second to last all the time. Yeah, that one pub we went to in Cologne, it was uh, it was a lot of Jägermeister. <laughs> a lot of like, yeah, I don't know if they liked us or not. But all right, next one, bow ties. Oh, hey, I'm getting that jersey trap. <laughs> I'm I am getting that jersey. But you know what's funny is that I thought they were gonna have that bow tie on the jersey. Uh, like like the game jersey, the actual game jersey. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, the Carnival jersey for Cologne came out, and it was somewhat like the Stuttgart jersey where there was the uh, the confetti, but they had the bow tie, and I thought they were going to come out with the bow ties as well, but no bow yeah, tie. Kind of disappointed. I went on the fan shop, and the ones they advertise in the fan shop have the bow tie, so I am going to order in a jersey, probably one for you and I. Ah, well, um, all right. And I, and I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of not sure if it comes with bow tie or not. I, I'm guessing if it does, it might be one of those, like, you know, you can take it off and put it on kind of things. But if it comes with bow tie, I'm wearing that shirt. Uh, if not, work. if not, you can just take one from your old Chippendales days. I think. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> All right. Next one is Liechtenstein. Oh, yeah. Uh, Germany's legit. The Second worst team in the world right now. <laughs> yeah, Germany beat up on poor. I won't say poor. I'm sure Liechtenstein is a powerful, just soccer nation. Um, in a squeak early last night, Germany won nine to nothing against a ten man Liechtenstein. New coach though. Did you know that though? Uh, Liechtenstein. A, no, Germany did. I think didn't they have a new coach now? Oh yeah, yeah. They've got yeah. The last few friendlies they've had. Hansi Flick is their new coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's funny is like I don't know why I took so much like satisfaction out of a nine nothing game against Liechtenstein, <laughs> um, but um, I did though. You know because I don't think they've scored nine goals since probably twenty fourteen. You know? <laughs> total, like total. <laughs> yeah, they um, they have been struggling. There was um. And the other thing too is, poor Liechtenstein was down to ten men after nine minutes. That's a, that's a rough go, right there. Yeah, no, that's 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 tough for them. But you know what? And the, and did you watch the stats? Like what, 20, 19, 20, 21, something like that? Shots on goal <laughs> to zero. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't wait for that Gibraltar Liechtenstein match coming up. That might be good. Yeah, I'm gonna get a jersey for that one. <laughs> you might be playing in that one. <laughs> All right, this is the last one today. I've been trying to get you to do this for a while, but uh, you seem to struggle with it. Last thought of the day is the Twitter. I can't figure it out. <laughs> you know, I, maybe I should, I, I just need to go on Twitter 
I don't understand where I'm supposed to now. Like, all I want to do on Twitter, really, is, is read about um, tennis news. But mm-hmm. I, when I got on Twitter, I followed, like, ten different things or people. And if I just, and I don't care about nine of them, all I want to do is find out, like, mm-hmm. the recent, and I'll say Stuttgart, too. Like, like, Bundesliga news. I just want to look at Bundesliga news and updates and things like that. I can, you know, I don't know what I'm doing on that thing. And I asked you last time we got together. I think we had too much real time, you know, <laughs> to remember. But I said, just give me, like, a, a 30-second, because that's probably all it's going to take, tutorial on how to navigate Twitter 101 for dumbasses. That's all I wanted. <laughs> and so next time they get together, give me a tutorial. I all promise right. I'll jump on Twitter once, at least once a day, because I want to figure this out. Because otherwise, you know, I don't know where to turn to besides Reddit, which is kind of a joke. Ooh. To get my innocent, I go on the Bundesliga podcast. Mm-hmm. I go on the, I, I get my news other places, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin updates me. Thank God for Austin. <laughs> my favorite Pavel. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to, okay, I'm going to give, oh, listen, that's okay. It's, it's November. It's my resolution. I'm going to make Twitter uh, my one and only priority for 2020. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that when you do jump on, you'll have so many notifications because you haven't jumped on there in so long. You're, Twitter might explode once you actually log on. No, no actually, I, I jumped on last week. When you gave me a bad time, I jumped on it last week pretty much for the sole purpose of clearing out my notifications. So I'm back <laughs> to zero. So I feel good about that. All right. Well, speaking back to zero, we are done with this week's segment of Random God. Thoughts with Jeff with Jeff. Jeff, as always, which I guess we can say as always because it's the second time we've done this. As always, what a great episode. Under 10 minutes, too. Wow, that's a record. I pre- actually, no, I appreciate jumping on just for ten minutes because the rest of the podcast, it, it, it's just—I it's, can't concentrate that long. So <laughs> I don't think any right. I don't think anybody else is listening that long either. So it's not. <laughs> all, all right, right my friend. We'll talk to you next week. All right, that was random thoughts with Jeff. Random as always. Love to get his thoughts on the Twitter and uh, Rotvine. I love his insight. I love his insight. It's 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 he he drives like he gives advice. Really, <laughs> really bad. All right, now, so let's go into part five. It's kind of a little bit of a news segment. It's the news segment. I'm going to give you five or six things that have happened over the international break, and I want you to comment on one or two of them. All right, you ready? Okay, ready. Over the international break, Endo, Sosa, Massimo, Nardi, Bahir, and Mola all played for their respective teams. Okay. Um, Anton was signed to a, an extension to 2025, okay? Um, they played FC Zurich over the international break and won one to nothing on a late goal by Alou Kual. Mueller played 90 minutes in that game. Silas might be on the bench for Dortmund. Dino might be back. And that's it. Any of those stories stand out to you? Um, first of all, the signing of Anton. Uh, because him and uh, Mapapanos, I mean, if that's your that's your center back uh, duo, mm-hmm. I mean, th- you're going to have a strong defense. Uh, I mean, that's what I feel like you could put out a strong defense. You could count on them. They're 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 reliable. Um, the other one, uh, I think uh, Silas coming back to the bench. That I mean, with all the offensive woes that you guys have been experiencing lately, that's got to be a positive sign. Yeah, there's some, there's some great stuff. Anton and Dino and Kemp, as much as I rag on Kemp, that's a nice trio in the back. Um, 
going to the Luke Well story. He's a kid they got from Austria or Australia, I should say. Um, and he's tearing up the regional league, scored a late goal in that one. It's concerning because we only scored one goal. There was talk mm-hmm. about moving him up to the Bundesliga, but I think the club has made it a, a statement they're going to keep him down in the regional league, give him mm-hmm. some experience. I think that's the right move. Um, especially if you have CLOS coming back, that's exciting news there. One of the stories I'm going to focus on is the international break. I'm concerned because uh, Wataro Endo, who was just so great for this team last year, has been average this year probably. And um, you've mentioned it a few times. Jeff mentioned it a few times. The middle of the field has been pretty open this year as compared to last year. And I can't help but think Endo is playing a role in that. And I can't help but think that Endo is crazy fatigued. It reminds mm, me of the Benjamin yes. Bavard year. When he came back from the World Cup, he wasn't the same player. And part of it, I think, is because he just played so many minutes. And Warturo Endo is playing so much that I don't think he has that high energy that he had last year when he was only playing once a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm concerned about that. I, I want him, I'm hoping that when the winter break shows up, he just gets some rest. And then along with a lot of those injuries that recover, You've got a team that's rested and recovered and ready to attack the second part of the season. Because I think they can make some noise in the second half of the season, but they need Wataro Endo to do it. And I'm a little worried that he's a little tired. So that's international break is the big news that I was kind of paying attention to uh, there. So, all right. I'm looking so, long-term. Sorry. Well, yeah, nobody cares what you want. So we're going <laughs> to part six. Part six, Aussies, predictions for next week. Now, this is a rough one to come back on. Dortmund is second on the table. They are hosting Stuttgart, who, like I said, is 15th on the table. You know what's cool about this, though? All time, all time, mm-hmm. Stuttgart is leading this series 45 wins to 43 losses. Take that, Bumblebees. Mm. We are two games better than you. So <laughs> there you go. Um, however, in the last 10 matches, we only have two wins against them. So <laughs> that number needs to be reversed. The last time these two played, uh, Stuttgart won 5 to 1 at Dortmund. Dino scored, Silas scored, Forster scored, Kulabali scored, Nico scored. It was the game that got uh, uh, Farah uh, uh, let go. And everything mm-hmm. was, everybody's singing Stuttgart's praises. Oddly enough, after that match, they kind of settled down a bit. On uh, the next match these two played, it was a 2-3 loss at home. Uh, Kalajic scored and Dadavi scored. So they were coming down to earth a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Dortmund's going off two losses, though. Champions League loss and Bundesliga loss. They've got six wins in their last 10. Lost to Leipzig their last match out. Austin, what are you thinking going into this one? I'm thinking, finally, we could have one week where we could say, you know what, hopefully we're not sitting here 10 weeks from now and going, these are nine points we should have had because <laughs> I, I, yeah, this one, I, I'm not Dortmund's at home. And obviously with what we've discussed about Stuttgart, I'm not very enthusiastic about this uh, for, for Stuttgart. No, nor should you be. <laughs> Pardon me as I choke on my words. Um, no, it's I'm yeah. I mean, I'm just going to keep saying no and yeah. The entire time. <laughs> it's, yeah, you just come, came off two losses to two of the worst teams in the league, and now you're going to play one of the best teams in the league. I don't know if that's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's Hopefully they can get – you know what? I wonder who they play after that. If only there was a website that would tell me that. 
That's cool. Uh, so you play uh, Mines, but you're playing at home against Mines the week after. Um, the internet has confirmed your reckless speculation. Yeah, so I don't know. So the, my expectations are to get some players to play who haven't played in a while. Silas, for example. Maybe to get um, Dino back out there. It'd be awesome, I have to say, to get Kemp back out there. To Mueller, get him back out there. Get them into game shape and get them ready for December. And hopefully we can pick up a couple points here because I'm struggling to find a game that will pick up any points, to be honest. And we'll get into that maybe at some other podcast. But just to get a good game in, to get some game shape for some of these guys so that we can yeah. maybe pick up some points against some other teams later yeah. in the month. Let me ask you this. Uh, you were just talking about Endo and him being worn out or what it looks like you've been worn out. Do you sit, do you sit Endo this game knowing that this is a game you're probably not going to win, get him an extra week. So get him a week of rest. So when you come out against mines, at least he's a little bit fresher. Yeah, I probably, I probably would. And then I would tell the team, I expect you to lose. And that's why I'm pulling them out. And then I would probably, I would lose my job because nah, you got to play them and you got, you got to put them in. And this kind of goes back to something you said a while ago is that the team's got to find some consistency in the lineup somewhere. So these guys know where each other are playing. And that means Endo and Mangala in the midfield. And so if you have Endo and Mangala in the midfield, um, that's what's going to carry you the rest of the season. You got to get those guys back. And uh, running like the machine they were last year. So no, you got to play him and um, hopefully just manage him fitness-wise over the rest of the week. Yeah, uh, have him be the first out, maybe. I don't know. Well, I think more so managing him during the week is probably what they have to do, and I'm sure they're doing it. <clears throat> but as the international break kind of calms down, hopefully they can do that a little bit easier. What would, what do you think the uh, point spread on this is? By the way. Wow. Um, my first thought would be around. 2.5? 2.5? Pardon my language, but heck with you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is uh, 1.5. Stuttgart is getting 1.5 goals. So those of you out there who don't know, the way the betting websites do this is they give the underdog a certain amount of goals. And if you pick that underdog and they only lose by, say, Stuttgart is getting 1.5 goals and they only lose by one, you would win that prediction. And Austin has done really well. He's got 55 wins to Matt's 51. Jeff's got 46. Travis has 46. Um, last week, we all went 3-1-5. and five. Doug, who was our special guest predictor, finished 1-1-7, one, one, and seven, showing mm. exactly how professional we are. Get that <laughs> guy on the show. Yeah, don't try and mess with us, Doug. <laughs> I think you found your new co-host. Yeah, I think that's probably true. All right. So, um, I haven't picked against Stuttgart all season long. I kind of wanted to the previous two matches because they were getting points against teams I thought they'd probably draw against. It's Stuttgart plus 1.5. I'm going to take Dortmund in this one. Um, the big reason is I had tip kick predicted. Tip kick predicted that Dortmund would win two to nothing. Um, can't go against science, Oz. I'm taking Dortmund. What about you? Well, if this was a 2.5 game, I, I would take Stuttgart. But since it's 1.5, which I absolutely disagree with, uh, I'm going to take Dortmund as well. Well, shocking developments there. All right. First time picking him. I feel a little dirty, feel a little bad about that, but a tip kick, you know, doesn't lie, although it is only four for nine. So I guess it does lie all the time. All right. Awesome. As we go into match day number 12, uh, that is a Saturday match. Stuttgart 
traveling to Dortmund. The Friday match is Augsburg, who is 16th place on the table versus number one, Bayern mm -hmm. Munich. Bayern Munich is minus two goals. Who you got? Yes. You know, it's always good to get your worst game of the week out of the way on a Friday. So, uh, yeah, I think it's minus two. Um, yeah, I got to I got to take Byron. I don't I don't think Osberg has the or Augsburg, however you pronounce it. I'm, I'm going back to Osberg because they used to win when I called him Osberg. I'm going with <laughs> Augsburg um, losing. So I'm taking Dortmund or I taking Byron in this one. Um, I think Dortmund's B team could beat Augsburg too. I'm thinking <laughs> Bayern minus two. I just, I don't know. I, I don't see it. Augsburg makes me sad. So um, I'm going to, what did Augsburg, how did Augsburg do last week? Let me check that out on the old interweb here. I'm super prepared this week. Uh, they lost to Wolfsburg. Oh, they did. Only one to nothing though. So maybe they're turning things around. Darn it. Oh, no, I'm going to go Bayern in this one. All right, our next match. Uh, so that's a Friday. Then we go to Saturday. Uh, Leverkusen is six on the table. They are hosting 12th place Bochum. Bochum is getting plus 1.5 in this one. What do you think? Wow. Uh, 1.5. Um, that's, you know, I don't know. I got to go with Leverkusen. I don't, I don't think Bochum could put that many points up. I'm taking Bochum because this is, I need Bochum to lose. Bochum isn't going to lose. I'm going reverse of what Doug and I predicted last time where I'm just going to go with all the heartbreaking matches. So I'm going to Bochum <laughs> plus 1.5. I don't know. Every year there's one of those clubs who is very low on the table who figures things out a little bit. Mm -hmm. I hope it's not Bochum, but it looks like it could be Bochum. <laughs> I'm taking Bochum. And I thought Leverkusen had some injured players, but I'm not sure. All right, Gladbach is ninth on the table. Their place uh, against 18th place Furt. Furt is historically the worst team in the history of the Bundesliga at this point of the season. I'm going to take Gladbach minus 1.5. Yeah, this should be the easiest pick em of the week. Yeah, Gladbach, definitely. Yeah, poor, poor Bird. I, I feel for them. I'd like them to get – they had such a great comeback last match against Frankfurt, I believe it was, and then Frankfurt scored a super late goal to steal the point away. Um, I feel for Furt. I would love to see Furt do well. But the last three weeks have shown me that I need Furt to do poorly. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, Furt. All right, next match. 10th place, TSG Hoppenheim is going to face off versus Leipzig, who's fifth on the table. This one was a weird one. It started off, Hoppenheim was getting, was favored. And then it, right now it is Leipzig minus 0.5. This is a tough one for me to figure out. So I'm going to let you lead off and piggyback yeah. off what you do. Yeah, this is this is interesting because Hoffenheim has been that dark horse team all year that you never know what they're going to do. And Leipzig, going into games like this, you you don't know what they're going to do. So I'm going to take Hoffenheim in this one because Leipzig is so up and down when there are games that they should win. And I don't know what Hoffenheim's going to do. Yeah, I'm only taking Leipzig in this one to go against you because I – I'm with you. I can't figure either of these two teams out. Two clubs that are relatively plastic in the minds of a lot of fans. Um, two clubs that don't have a ton of history behind them. Uh, two clubs that I can't figure out. I, I thought Hoffenheim would be one of the, would be a top seven or nine club when the season started. Leipzig, you always predict to be in the top three or four. But both teams have bounced a bit, so I'm not sure. But I'll, I'll, go, um, I'll go Leipzig in this one. Seems to be the safer bet, so we'll see minus a half a goal. All right. 
Uh, Billefeld, who's coming off the first one of the season, is 17th on the on the table versus Wolfsburg. It was fourth place. Wolfsburg hasn't been scoring a lot of goals, but it's Wolfsburg minus 0.5. Really? Um, I mean, Bielefeld's at home, so that should benefit them. But I, I just I just don't – I like – you know what? No, I take that back. I'll take Bielefeld in this game because I don't like Wolfsburg. Wow. What did Wolfsburg do to you? Well, they they uh, they signed Luca Waldschmidt, who was one of my favorite players a couple of years ago for oh. for Freiburg, and so since he's wearing the green, I can't I can't support that. Well, in that case, I'm going to go for Wolfsburg. <laughs> Anything that can bring you sadness brings me <laughs> happiness, as the Germans say, Schadenfreude, my friend, Schadenfreude. <laughs> All right, Union Berlin versus Hertha Berlin. I'm looking forward to watching this one. Union is eighth on the table. Hertha is 13th on the table. Uh, Union is coming off that draw versus Cologne. And let's see, Hertha is coming off that draw versus Leverkusen. Um, Hertha's kind of stabilized things a little bit. Union has just been solid as ever. This mm -hmm. one is Hertha plus 0.5 on the road. I'm going Union in this one in the derby match of the week. Mm -hmm. I'll take Hertha because one, they're my second favorite team in the league, and two, I'm going to go against you, which you're not my second favorite relative. <laughs> I'm only your only brother, so that's that's kind of hurtful. <laughs> there. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, these predictions are quickly just descending into personal animosity as opposed to any kind of expertise. All right, Sunday's match, fourth place, Austin. I'm sorry, third place, third place, Freiburg. How crazy is that? Third place Freiburg is hosting 14th place Frankfurt. Frankfurt is getting half a goal. I'm going to give you a minute to talk about your beloved Freiburg. What do you got? Uh, well, I don't need a minute. I, I say I, I'm liking the fact that no matter what happens this week, we'll still be in third place at the end of, end of this match week because a goal differential will still be on top of Wolfsburg no matter what they do. Oh, wow. um, but yeah, I think we have a we have a stretch here. We have one or two games that we might not pick up points against, but I think we have a stretch here coming up for you know about a month, month and a half, where we should be able to take points from most of these games, which is going to benefit us in trying to stay in the position we are. Um, so I, I definitely like this matchup because Frankfurt has been Frankfurt all year, yeah. and so I. I I think we'll take points and stay six points behind uh, Byron after this week. Yeah, that's that all, that's crazy. At third place, 22 points, doing amazing. Um, mm. Frankfurt is struggling like crazy. This one's tough for me because Freiburg's been playing so great. They're at mm. home. They seem to know what it is they need to do. Frankfurt seems to be the opposite of what mm. they need to do. Now, Frankfurt did come off a, that win, but it wasn't a pretty win. Their entire team seems to focus on how Kostic does and mm -hmm. if Kostic plays well they play well it seems they're very one-dimensional it seems like mm -hmm. I, yeah, let, let me correct you real quick no Freiburg is not great they just know what they're doing they, <laughs> there's something they... to be said for that I think if you know <laughs> what you're doing and you you know what your strengths and especially your weaknesses are you basically describe my tennis career. That's how I play <laughs> tennis. I find I don't do anything well, so I find out what the other person doesn't do well. And mm. usually that's engaging conversation <laughs> during the match, which is annoying. I'm going to be rooting for Freiburg. 
I'm going to pick Frankfurt though, under the assumption that this weekend is going to go terrible for me. Um, at some point, Frankfurt's going to figure something out. I don't know if it's going to be against you guys. Um, and I think the question the entire league is waiting to see is when is the Freiburg sale going to unravel or the balloon going to pop? Because you guys are playing amazing. And is this a trend or is it a blip? Um, I'll be rooting for you guys for sure. Um, but I'm going to take Frankfurt plus half a goal in this one. I just got a bad feeling that when all is said and done with this week, that mm -hmm. Stuttgart is going to be 15 or five points behind um, 14th place. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because you guys could jump Frankfurt with a win this week. Yes, if, we, yeah, I mean, well, uh, yeah. And I could get teacher <laughs> of the year award too. I mean, all those things are possible, I suppose, but we both know Santa Claus isn't bringing that. All right, so the last matchup is Mainz, who is seventh on the table. They're playing well. Uh, Mainz is coming off that 1-1 draw versus Gladbach. They're hosting Jeff's team, Cologne. Cologne is coming off a great come-from-behind draw. Uh, Cologne is 11th on the table, getting half a goal. Last one of the week, Goss, what do you think? Well, first of all, I like how they saved the best games for Sunday. Uh, <laughs> second of all, uh, Cologne's kits – I can't, the Cologne kit last week was just fantastic. I mean, that might have single-handedly got them, you know, able to get a draw out of that game. Um, this one, um, mine's is at home, Cologne. I mean, like I said, I'm still on life support uh, in regards to Hennis this year. And so I'm going to take Hennis until their next loss. What do, you, what do you mean by, what does that phrase mean? I'm still on life support with them. Well, I, I was waiting for the Hennis tra train to crash. Mm -hmm. but the, the, it crashed a couple weeks ago, but I'm, I'm not dead yet. They're there's, they still got me on life support. They still got, they still got me hooked up to the machines there's a and lot of, I, I'm following this team until lot, the, you're using a lot of metaphors to describe there's <laughs> trains and there's life support. And there's <laughs> I have lost track of what the hell you're talking about. Um, yeah. I will say this. The kits were awesome. The flat hats are awesome. Hennis is awesome, which is why I'm taking mines minus half a goal in this one. Uh, no, I just I could see a draw in this one. Hennis has been doing a lot of uh, a lot of ties, a lot of draws. Um, it's awesome to see Anthony Modest kind of get that uh, uh, resurgence of youth that he's playing. But uh, mines has just done great ever since they had that scare at the end of last year and they replaced their coach with a guy who's from the program. They've just been, been playing some really good football, really smart football. And I think that's going to continue. Uh, this week. So those are our predictions for match day number 12. And let's wrap it up off with our last part, part seven, what we learned. So in the 85th minute, in a moment of desperation, Balfi Sugar coach Pellegrino Monterazzo put in Matej, I got to look his name up again, uh, Maglidic, 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 Maglika. Oh, there you go. That's usually my part of the show. Yeah, well, this, <laughs> everything's falling apart. Matej Maglidic, Oh man, McGleeka, uh, six foot four center back to try to get something going in. Well, nothing did. So my question for you is: so what we learned is Monrazzo tried to put in a guy who wasn't meant for that position to try to do something. Have you ever been put into a position that definitely wasn't your role or anything you were trained for, on the hope that you would actually come up a winner? Well, I I, I wouldn't say that it was hopefully to, for me to become a winner or that I was wasn't trained for it but back in high school I used to wrestle and as people know wrestling goes by divisions and I was 119 I wrestled the 119 division and my coach because 
we we pretty much weren't going to win the 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 meet anyway. And one of the guys who was wrestling 125s was hurt, so he just said, "Hey, I'm putting you in at 125." And I was just like, "Hmm, I can't win at 119, so putting <laughs> me at one night, putting me in at 125 seems like a great." great move so yeah so i got put into a heavier weight division i think i lasted about maybe about 6.5 seconds before i got pinned uh yeah so there you go wow all right i thought that was gonna end with a happier ending than uh than that mm-hmm. huh well i i guess all right i'll stick with that same thing i was gonna go with parenting and fatherhood because neither of those things were it's supposed to happen but they did that's a story for another sad day, I guess. But I think I'll go with I'll go with the high school story as well because there's nothing more impressive than two middle-aged guys sitting around talking about their high school glory days. Mm. Um, I played one sad year of freshman football, um, and there was the day where they had us practice against the varsity team. And if you've ever seen like a lawnmower go over grass and how the grass just disappears, well, the varsity team was the lawnmower, and I was the grass. <laughs> And as soon as I ran down the field, there was a little 110-pound version of Travis flying through the air. <laughs> he was getting just destroyed by some you know, varsity football player. So I don't know what the coach was expecting to happen, but I knew exactly what was going to happen. And that was unconsciousness. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, what I've learned from what, our, what we've learned segment is yeah. that we were both physical specimens in high school. Oh my gosh. Well, with these, yeah, with these genetics, it is no <laughs> surprise that uh, we have had so much success on the athletic field uh, as well as the social field as well. And Austin, let's face it, the podcast field, as we are America's number one Stuttgart based podcast, which is totally not a made up statement mm. and is kind of true. Well, uh, the, the more specific you are about it, the more true it becomes. I am, yes, the number one podcast sitting in my classroom by myself right now. So that also sounds sad. All right, Oz. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this seven part, just cornucopia of an episode. Um, We've got Thanksgiving coming up soon here in the States. So hopefully we can get the podcast in over some turkey or something like that. And um, good luck in your match this weekend. Thanks for joining us this week. And we'll talk to you next time. You're the same. Bye.